Hello and welcome to the SJ Chronicles. Today is Wednesday the 27th of December. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning here in England. So I didn't do a, an episode yesterday. Uh, by the time I got back from the CPD event that I was doing yesterday evening, it was almost midnight and um, I still had a couple of other things I needed to do before I could get to bed. So it all just got a little bit late. Um, it was a good event actually, as I mentioned the uh, people that were hosting the event, um, I think, were pleasantly surprised by the turnout. As it turned out, there were even more people than than they had told me were coming. Um, so that was pretty cool. The room that um, the biggest room that they have in their kind of small vet hospital, uh, vet hospital, um, yeah, it was pretty much full to capacity. So it was it was a good a good crowd and a good mix of people. <clears throat> I. Um, I'm never entirely sure what I'm going to say <laughs> when I do these kinds of CPD events because, to be honest, I don't have, um, I definitely don't have slides that are full of text and bullet points and things like that where it's all very, um, you know, sort of structured in that sense. I tend my slides are much more for prompting purposes than contain all the content. Um, also, you know, in, in this kind of a CPD evening, these are the things that <clears throat> I've been teaching for a very long time, and also. You know, I kind of have a philosophy on emergency medicine that I'm sort of very comfortable with sharing with others. So <clears throat> it's always just um, let's get into it. Let's get into the flow and <laughs> see what comes out of my mouth type of a thing. Um, evening sessions are always going to be a, more of a challenge because obviously people have generally had a long day at work. Um, and then, you know, they get fed as well. And <clears throat> there's invariably a few people who um, you can see that they're, you know, they're their eyes are drooping. Um, but I'm, but I never call them out or anything, obviously, because I totally understand. I used to be the same, um, when I used to attend CPD events. So yeah, it was good. The other thing that was good is because it's kind of in the Southeast of England where this event was, and that's kind of where I've spent most of my career. Um, there was quite a few familiar faces and the people that attended and a few people that came up to say hello afterwards to put basically um, faces to names. So, you know, I'd exchanged emails with them before or they're part of my ECC group or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I hadn't, uh, I didn't know what they looked like. And so that was kind of nice too. And some people that I had met before at other events of mine that they had attended um, came to say hello again. There was um, a woman from Australia who had actually come to the vet school when I was there uh, back in 2013. You know, you see someone's face, you think you look so familiar, but I'm not absolutely sure where um, where I know you from. But so she, she for example, came up to say hello after and introduced herself, and she had gone back to Australia, but she's now back in England and um, is looking to maybe stay and do an emergency and critical care certificate. <clears throat> it was very lovely actually because she asked me whether you know I'm still open to mentoring people. Uh, through their ECC certificates and um, you know I have done that in the past this, this is kind of one of those real moments where you sort of think I would love to do that for you I'm genuinely not sure if I have the time um, I think I handled it quite well which was basically look keep in touch with me and if it goes ahead and you definitely want to do it then let me know exactly what you're going to need from me and um, then I can decide whether that is time that I'll be able to make available because you know I really I really like to do that and in fact the person that had scheduled the event last night was somebody that I had helped um 
from many years ago now and helped her through her emergency and critical care certificate and obviously we became and will remain pretty good friends as well so anyway yes it was all good um very nice session and uh i'll be going back there in a month to do the session i mentioned before where we'll split them all into groups um we're going to have to think a little bit hard in terms of how exactly we do that because if there's that number of people I'm not sure the room that we have available um, will accommodate them being split up into groups, etc. But I think we can figure it out. We had a little bit of a think about it before I left last night, and um, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Cool. I'm going to check out of so this um, segment and pop back in. Is there something else I wanted to talk about as well? Okay, so in a complete change attack, um, the other thing I wanted to just mention briefly is, I think I mentioned, um, or in fact I know I mentioned previously that we have submitted planning application for the site that um, we're going to have the referral center at. And I think yesterday, no, Monday might have been the deadline for anybody who has an objection to our planning application to submit their objections. Um, and th there were a number submitted actually, and you know we're in the process now of preparing a response to address all of the points that that were raised in the objections. I'm not very experienced at all of this planning stuff, but I understand that it's quite common to get objections submitted, and it's not necessarily a big deal. But um, some people that are involved in the project, shall we say, think that the instigator of all these objection letters um, are the individuals who are setting up this. Uh, small referral center in our region. I mentioned that before. Um, it, you know, they're not going to be that far away from us and they're going to be, they've got their planning permission or mostly done and they're in the process of doing the development, I think actually. So um, I'm not sure that we know this for a fact. There's a lot of bits of evidence around the people that have sent these letters in terms of who they are and what they do and where they live and stuff. And the people that are opening this other referral center have lived in the area for a very long time. And so on the face of it, it could make sense. I'm definitely not one for jumping to conclusions, so I have no no idea for sure. But as I've mentioned before, I also don't really care if it is or it isn't them, I, you know, like whatever. Um, but the reason for mentioning it was more that I would love one day to be able to sit down with them and find out, well, first of all, whether it was them, but secondly, of all, you know, just, just how they feel about how what's going on. Because, um, you know, if you put yourself in their shoes, they may have just, they may have thought that we weren't going to carry on and set up this referral center. It's taken us a very long time to find another site after we lost out on one in 2016. It's a massive undertaking in terms of a project as a startup and, you know, very kind of ambitious. And most people would potentially have statistically given it a very small chance of actually happening. And so, you know, I, I kind of think if I was them and I would I saw what happened with us and I might be thinking, well, you know what? For sure, the location needs more referral centers. Um, they have the capacity to borrow money from the bank against their existing practice and so on. You know, it's a, it's a good move on their part. And um, But now they've obviously taken on that extra risk and that extra debt. And if they didn't know that we were going to come back, they may have done. I have no idea. I'm just speculating. Um, you know, and I, I just, I guess for me, if they are behind all this planning objection stuff, um, you know, most likely it is because of fear and insecurity and uncertainty. And I've said before how there is this narrative that everything one does is either out of fear or love. Um, and, you know, I just kind of feel like 
not sorry for them because that sounds patronizing and it's not meant to be. I just mean, I feel I try to be empathetic for their behavior. And I have said before, I certainly have no kind of aggressive or, you know, um, uh, what's the word, machismo type response to this. Um, I just think, you know, that that's a, that's a shame that they might be in this state of fear and uncertainty that they feel the need to try and scupper our plans. It's this thing I said before about succeeding on your own merit and building your own success rather than trying to undermine the success of others or kind of create the failure of others. Um, so yeah, so personally, I just feel like, you know, people need to spend much less time being, being afraid and behaving out of fear, um, and negativity and, you know, focus much more on belief in themselves, on certainty, on self-confidence, on positivity, and on, you know, wanting everybody to succeed and creating that kind of an energy around them rather than, um, anything fearful or negative. We'll see. Maybe one day we'll come, we'll uncover the truth of all of this. And, um, I'm sure we will. I mean, I'm very, I'm very sure that at some point I will just reach out and say, you know, Hey, how you doing? Um, wish you all the best. And, you know, if you want to chat, then by all means, let's do that and see what the response is. Because as I say, I, you know, I have no interest in them failing and I am even not bothered if it is behind them, if it is them behind the objections, because I understand it. Um, Anyway, cool. Right, I'm going to check out. I've got to get back to work. Um, I will catch you again later in the day. So in the meantime, do take care. Cheers. Bye. It's 11.43 p.m. Back to my regular slot. Um, had, a, had a good day today. I hope you did as well. Did a lot of um, basically just getting stuff done today, really. Um, a big chunk of the day was actually spent sorting out Workplace by Facebook. I mentioned on a previous episode some time ago now that um, me and Rue and Stacy have been trialing Workplace for a while. This is the... Um, platform that Facebook released some time ago for businesses and organizations and sector. Um, so we, we've been relatively happy with how it's going and um, decided it was time to get some more of the wider team involved as well. Um, so I spent in the end a few hours today kind of sorting all of that out, creating the different groups and inviting different people to join. The structure is very similar to that of normal Facebook. So if you use Facebook as some 2 billion or something people in the world now do, then it's very uh, easy to learn to use Workplace. It has some extra functionality that Facebook doesn't have. Um, for example, you can format your posts with bold and bullet points and things like that. There's also integration to tools such as Dropbox and Box and Google Drive and others. Um, but it obviously also doesn't do some of the things that normal Facebook does. But certainly as far as functionality goes, um, should be pretty easy for anyone that's used Facebook to, to use Workplace. And, you know, apart from making progress in the sense of operationally, 
Um, you know, I just feel that this sort of a platform is better for communication and engagement than group emails, for example. Um, I think these sorts of steps, things like today, are a bit of a milestone because they sort of do two things. One is they help to f uh, foster this extra sense of team cohesion, I think, because sort of psychologically everyone's operating in the same place. And yes, of course, there is some segmentation with groups, but I'm very keen that as much as possible we have, you know, as many of the groups open as possible so that even if people aren't directly involved in what's being discussed, they still have the ability to, to see it and it's all very transparent. So I think it creates a sense of team cohesion, <clears throat> but I think it also just helps with the kind of momentum of, you know, going forward. Um, it is essentially a positive step taking action and developing some infrastructure. Now, we won't necessarily be using Workplace, you know, w with the the full team and the hospitals here because, you know, we have some more work to be done between now and then to understand exactly what we're going to be using. But, I, you know, on the face of it, at least for the time being, it has kind of laid a foundation where we can add more team members as they join um, to something where they can, you know, hit the ground running, as it were, um, catch up on things that have come before them. And um, yeah, you know, so I think it's going to be good. We'll see how it goes. Um, we had to end the free trial because it was, well, basically it was running out in three days anyway. Um, but actually the pricing is not too bad. Um, workplace basically charges for the premium package. There is a, a free free uh, package, but I wanted the premium one, but it's, um, you know, it's charged per user and um, it's it's really not too bad. <clears throat> so that was kind of most of what I spent my day on and, um, well, not most of the day, that's an exaggeration, some of the day, uh, and then various other bits and pieces. I'm going to check out from this segment. I want to come back on the other side and talk about something that, um, partly stuff that's been on my mind and partly stuff that I was listening to a discussion today and um, I thought I wanted to share some of that with you. So I'll be back in a mo. And I'm back. So I was listening today to a really interesting discussion um, on a podcast as I was doing some household chores. <laughs> And it was very timely, actually, because it relates to some things that I've been thinking about myself recently. And essentially, the discussion was basically was focused around leadership and ego, um, but also, you know, um, how you engage and interact with people in your team. And someone had called in and was asking for some advice, and the, the couple of people on the podcast uh, were sharing their thoughts. Um, and it's this kind of really interesting thing between there's so much stuff about leadership, styles of leadership, etc. Um, there's a bunch of theory, there's a bunch of research, there's a bunch of intuition. Um, you know, who knows what ultimately is right, what ultimately is wrong. Um, I'm not sure that even those labels are appropriate, really. I think it's so dependent to some degree, although I'm sure some uh, academics and researchers would like be up in arms about me saying such things. But anyway, um, it was interesting though, because 
part of the conversation was about how you navigate and finesse this um, scenario, you know, where you're looking to foster a culture of compassion and respect, but also empowerment of team members, allowing team members the opportunity to take control um, of certain tasks and situations and acknowledging and accepting that they may fail and if they do that, that hopefully they will learn from their failure. It was about not trying to cushion and protect people from the reality of what's going on or the reality of life, um, but basically helping them to rise and to excel um, within the parameters of that reality whilst you strive team-wide to potentially, you know, alter that reality. Um, but it was also about political correctness and, um, you know, about the inability to actually say things as they are uh, and to be transparent and honest and truthful for fear of hurting people's feelings or, you know, um, maybe acting uh, inconsistently with the narrative that you've created. Um, and the other thing they were talking about was this kind of, you know, that whilst empowerment um, of people in your team is, is definitely something that, that, you know, one should aspire to, and it's absolutely something that we are aspiring to at the Ralph, um, you know, that learning, letting people take, take charge and accepting that they may do things better than, than you would, but they may also do things worse than you would, and that they may make mistakes and they may fail in inverted commas. And again, I, you know, I, I say this with the um, caveat that we very much believe in this idea that mistakes and failures and inverted commas are really just opportunities to learn and nothing is really ever that big a deal. But having said that, there is this kind of undercurrent, I think, where it's possible to be too blanket with these kinds of things and say, oh, well, you know, it's all about the empowerment. But I think that there's a time, there's a time, and I think that that time varies depending on a couple of things. One is, of course, it varies on the nature of the tasks, I believe, because I think it does depend to some extent on how fundamentally they are, important they are to what you are trying to achieve. And of course, when you're in a startup, and this is um, what they were talking about in this podcast, when you're in a startup and you're trying to create the vision, um, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that that is the time to be allowing people to make mistakes and to fail, because ultimately, you know, you've got to get that foundation built, um, and it's got to be built in a way that's consistent with the vision of the founder, and that ultimately is the bottom line. And I think that somewhere in the whole kind of softer style, um, that can sometimes get a little bit ignored or lost. And it is the responsibility of the founder to make sure that that does not happen. And sometimes that requires a little bit of a pivot or a realignment um, of the narrative and of the understanding that the team has about how things are and understanding that it's a journey and that the whole thing will change as, as you go forward. Um, so I'm going to run out of time, so I'm just going to record this segment and pop back on the other end. Yeah, so that, um, that podcast episode really resonated with me because it, as I say, it was um, speaking to some of the things that I've been thinking about myself in recent times. Um, 
And, you know, as I say, I think that, um, you know, the whole thing is an evolution through a journey. And what happens at the beginning, um, before there are any team members, then what happens as the team starts to grow, as the vision takes shape, foundations are built, the structure and the infrastructure are more solid and consistent with the vision. And, you know, then going forward beyond that. And I, I think that that has to be a process of transition um, to some extent from more control as the founder to more empowerment of the team. Um, and, you know, that it's just, it's just kind of how it has to be, really. Um, because ultimately no one else really knows what it is you had in mind and the whole process is about others getting to understand as best as possible what it was that you had in mind and obviously to enhance and expand and contribute to the development of that um but you know i think that there can be somewhere in the whole middle of this there is a, a way you know to navigate all of this um and of course in a lot of startups you start with two people often there's two founders two co-founders maybe three and then you know it's a small number and it grows and so there's a much longer period of time to get people involved and if you are very focused on the culture of your your company um to allow you know time for people to get onboarded and to become more aligned and so on as i've said many times we're going to go from a relatively small team that is still in that period of becoming more aligned and uh, you know, people have to demonstrate that they're up to the job, um, that they can perform and deliver as you expect them to, because at the end of the day, um, stuff has to get done and it has to get done well. And that's just the reality of, you know, I guess, well, I could say me, that's the reality of what I want. Um, and I'm the founder. So it's, um, it's a really interesting one. This conversation that I was listening to earlier was just a really kind of uh, the two people that are on the podcast didn't quite agree with each other um, about all of this. And uh, yeah, it was just really, it was really interesting to listen to conversations around things that I only dabble into listening to what other people have to say about them because I do most of this sort of stuff um, based on my intuition. And that's how it's always going to be as well. So yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, I hope, um, <clears throat> I hope that, uh, some of that resonates or is of interest and as always happy to hear any thoughts comments critiques um i will catch you again tomorrow tomorrow's going to be another day of hustling getting stuff done and then tomorrow evening we have our very first um social gathering uh for people that are part of team ralph so that should be a lot of fun really looking forward to that we're going to be going um 10 pin bowling and it sounds like both i and several other members of the team haven't done this for several years um so we'll see how that all plays out and uh, i'll no doubt give you an update um either in the day tomorrow or definitely when i get back um in the evening so in the meantime take chances be compassionate live in a beautiful state keep an open heart and an open mind cheers bye bye